Welcome to episode number 24 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. We're looking to create a global community around workplace safety and industries handling combustible dust. Today's episode, we're doing an interview with Nicholas Kitzhofer, Managing Director based at Rembi China Limited in Shanghai. The topic of this, this conversation, this discussion, is understanding the Chinese national standards for explosion safety. And Nicholas gives a, a really good background of how explosion safety is treated in China, specifically with related to combustible dust. This started with the GBT standard um, that came out in 2008 after the Kunshang aluminum dust explosion. And Nicholas talks about that a bit. And then he gets into what the current regulatory framework looks like, how the standards are still not mandatory, how they are, are volunteer standards or, or engineering guidelines, the different groups that are working to increase education and knowledge in this area. And then he gets into some of the difficulties that he sees within China and, and how that relates to explosion safety from other places in the world as well. Just an administrative note, the audio quality, there was some feedback during the interview. Um, we're hoping that won't affect the, the final edited podcast too much, but you may notice that the, the quality of the, the audio is a little bit reduced over what it is has been in the previous episodes. And this is really just uh, some of the, the real life difficulties with recording through to, to people in, in the other side of the world. But regardless, I know that this interview is packed with a lot of great information, especially for those looking to understand the combustible dust safety approaches in different parts of the world and goes along with our mission of, of understanding combustible dust as a global challenge and, and developing global solutions. And with that, I just want to say I appreciate you listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Nicholas Kitzhofer. Welcome to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. In today's episode, we're doing an interview with Nicholas Kitzhofer, Managing Director of Rembi China Limited, based out of Shanghai. Nicholas, I want to say thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your, your knowledge with the community. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you for the invitation, and I'm happy to, to support whoever I can. <laughs> Excellent. So I was introduced to Nicholas probably a year ago or so now from his colleagues at Rembi from, from Germany and from the U.S., and he's really my main connection when trying to understand different facets of explosion safety in China. And I want to get him on today to really further our mission for 2019, which is understanding combustible dust safety as a global challenge and developing global solutions. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about understanding the Chinese national standards for explosion safety and what that process looks like within China. So with that, Nicholas, maybe a good place to start would be just to explain a bit about your current role with, with Rembi China. Now, as you already said, um, I'm the managing director of uh, our team of seven people right now in China. And basically, I started with this company in China from scratch. We had uh, two salespeople. Things were difficult. It was not really working out. So we restructured the team back then and yeah, focused on the, the, the Rembi slogan, cons consulting, engineering, products and services. And by this, uh, we developed our market and supported the customers more and more and of course on my title on my name card it's written uh, managing director but um, eventually i'm also helping out uh, our sales for technical support i perform safety scans in uh, our customers factories and also do the explosion protection designs uh, for them so on the one hand i'm um, having a management role and on the other hand, also an engineering and explosion protection engineering role. So this is basically what I'm doing here. 
And I can second that because we've tried a couple of times to, to set up this interview and it seems like you're always visiting a plant or doing some training for clients. Um, I think you did two plant inspections today and we're 11 hours time difference. So it's, it's getting into the evening now. So I appreciate you taking the time after a long day to, to talk with the community. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But um, these are the, the Renvi China working hours. Of course, in, in a country as big as China, there's a lot of requirements for safety on the one hand especially uh, considering recent incidents. And I can feel during the years that I'm in China right now, which is already six years, that um, the awareness is increasing and people really want to be safe, So, which is a great thing. Well, that's good to hear. And maybe f from there, can you talk a bit about what the current status of, of explosion safety regulations is in China to give our, our viewers an idea of what that looks like? The first standard that we ever came in contact with is uh, um, GBT 15605-2008. So basically in 2008, you can, you can think that it, it started because the first version of the, the standard is a little bit older. However, the standard is called GBT, which means Gobiao is a, basically the NFPA of China, but the T means that the standard is not compulsory. So it's just a recommendation, which makes things difficult. Of course, the situation for dust explosion protection and also the standard situation changed a little bit after that explosion that happened in Kunshan, I think by now um, four years ago, it was an aluminum <coughs> dust explosion that started in a dust collector. Then uh, due to lack of explosion isolation, the explosion propagated back towards the workshop, caused a huge secondary explosion inside of this factory. And eventually, yeah, around about 170 people died. And this was basically the, the wake-up call for the Chinese government and the legislators to start changing things. So right now what I can see, of course, this GBT is basically still the, the only real GB standard that China has. However, more and more recommend, recommendation standards or recommendation work is done by... Um, official institutions in China and um, universities, such as the, the AQ4273, which is a guideline on the protection of dust collectors. However, as said, in China, all these standards are still just guidelines and not yet very specific. They refer, refer to many uh, international standards and then some other knowledge is added into these standards, which may, may lead to uh, parts of confusion for the people who have to apply these standards. What should I actually follow? What do I have to do? These are the questions. No, that's a really great overview. And I appreciate you sharing the, just the standard numbers and the timeline. That's really helpful to hear. And also the, the difficulties with having this non-mandatory guidelines in place. And I'm sure that makes your job a little bit harder in going in and convincing the client that this is, this is necessary to keep the facility safe. Well, to a certain extent, yeah. However, I have to say most of our clients are still international companies who appreciate um, yeah, good consulting work in China and know that international standards have to be applied even though the local requirements are not yet up to date, let's say. That makes sense. Within that framework, the GBT and then the new standards that are coming out, AQ and, and those ones, is there a separate, is combustible dust treated differently than um, other explosion hazards, or is it kind of combined together? How is how is combustible dust laid out in that that regulatory framework? Well, the GBT is uh, really just a, a code for combustible dust, and um, 
The AQ, for example, is just concerning dust collectors. So really dust explosions are completely separate from any other explosion uh, phenomenon such as gas explosions. So this is similar to the American and the European standard where we have the EN14491 uh, for the dust explosions, for example, and the EN14994 for gas explosions. So this is quite similar. So they follow this idea. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear that they have a, a differentiation there because it probably helps when you're talking specifically to a company to have something that's specific to what they're actually doing. Exactly, yeah. What industries are you typically working with in China? In in the United States, it would be a lot of grain handling and wood processing. That's typically 50-60% of the, the fires and explosions that happen. Is that breakdown different within China than it would be here in Canada or, or the U.S.? It's quite, it's quite an interesting thing. So, um, of course, we would love to support the wood industry more as uh, wood is so combustible and once it's burning, it is uh, hard to stop a fire and uh, explosions are also likely in the wood industry. However, my feeling in China is that the wood industry in particular is very poor. Requirements and uh, requirements cannot be enforced. It's very difficult for them to really ensure safety because there's no budget for it. There's a budget for manufacturing, for keeping the plant running, but uh, for safety, there's not really a budget in the wood uh, industry in particular, which makes it difficult. And this is also probably one of the reasons why there's still no compulsory standard, why there's only this recommendation of a GBT at the moment, because if there would be a compulsory standard for poorer industries, people would lose their job as companies would eventually have to close down so and say our, our biggest customers in china are on the one hand the food industry also including grain because abcd also works in china then uh, on the other hand tobacco industry is a very rich industry that is really enforcing that new aq4273 on uh, dust collector protection and of course the pharma industry and, and chemical industry that's uh, where we're focusing on how is the word getting out on combustible safety on this from education and, and maybe even a inspection side? Are there, are there government regulators that are going out doing inspections? Is a lot of the companies themselves trying to, to educate and, and get this put in place? Or how does that look within China? When I, when I think about it from that point of view, I think um, that the China is really quite advanced for this part. Because um, on the one hand, there are these... Uh, uh, notified bodies, let's say, the Chinese uh, inspection, the supervision bodies, and uh, dust explosion university, like university that is uh, specifically focusing on dust explosion and uh, prevention and protection. So they arrange in, co uh, in cooperation with local government seminars that are compulsory for certain industries to attend in order to educate the people on the matters of uh, dust explosion. There's even... Um, the Dust Explosion Association right now, where most of the suppliers of protective equipment as well as dust collectors are part of, which is called the CIEPA. And uh, you can compare it to the Index Association that we have globally, but just for a Chinese market. And this, this organization is also focusing on spreading the word that explosion safety, explosion protection is necessary. So yeah, further, these standards are out. And especially since explosion happens, there is a reaction needed from a governmental side. And this uh, 
the government is doing so by uh, sending out many, many inspectors who know the standard, who read the standard to the plants, to hazardous uh, applications. And then they give a recommendation based on the applicable standards that they are currently having in China. So they try to, to set up really a network for sharing knowledge. And on the other hand, they try to set up the police to ensure that standards are met. However, China is such a huge country with uh, more than a billion of people. So it's very difficult to reach, reach out to all the corners of the country, of course. Right, that makes sense. And we'll try to pull up some of those resources. So maybe I'll I'll just get you to say the names again. The university you were talking about, which was that? It was mainly the Northeastern University. Uh, this is a university located in Shenyang. And the um, the association that you mentioned, that's sort of like index, but locally in China. Yeah, that's a SIEPA. It's basically also run by one of these professors from the from the university. That was CFR. CIEPA, C-I-E-P-A. Okay, we'll include links to those. And the other one you mentioned was INDEX, which is I-N-D-E-X, the Intercontinental Association for Experts of Explosion Prevention and Protection, I think. I may, I may have mixed a word up there. Um, that's another good resource, and we'll include them as well. And that's something Remby's heavily involved in, but it also brings in experts from North America. There's members um, from... Europe and, and China, obviously, and, and all over the world that also fund research in different topics. So we'll include links to, to all three of those in the, the show notes. And one more thing regarding the, the index. Of course, index is also involved in spreading the message of explosion protection in China. At the moment, uh, I'm the ambassador for index in China. And annually in October, this year it will be on, 15th, uh, on 16th October, we will host the index seminar in Shanghai where we also invite a lot of international uh, experts, such as Richard Zivek, I believe Randy Davis from uh, Herbiger will take part, some guys from BSMB, other experts from the standard committees will also join this event, and we will, besides this, ensure that there is simultaneous translation of these experts, so that really Chinese people and people working in China have the chance to get uh, the expert knowledge in their own language. Yeah, and I would second that. I went to the Remby Safety Days in 2017 in Germany, in Brilon. It was also focused on spray dryer safety, just in a different region of the world. And the really nice thing there was that they, there, was, there was the experts that we brought in. There were also a lot of industry folks. There were a lot of the big companies, a lot of big food processing companies, a lot of milk powder companies. Um, and it really brought everyone into one space. And the companies themselves were actually opening up quite a bit, explaining some of the struggles they've had and some of the successes that they've had where they may not do it in, in, a, in a really large open format, but it helped translate the knowledge on the safety side quite a bit. And I learned a lot of that. So I would encourage anyone that's, that has the ability to attend to the Shanghai version of that. It would be, it would be an exceptional experience as well. Yeah, the Shanghai version is, is the index of the index seminar. The safety days, of course, that's another story, which we're also doing as Rambi. We're, we're organizing the safety days they're also on spray drying this year on the also food and grain industry, where we uh, really try to connect all the experts from the, you know, from the big players in the market, as we believe at Rembi, that there is no competition in safety, especially when it comes to, to these big organizations. And each organization in the grain and food industry 
they apply a certain standard, they do certain research, and um, they are not allowed to share this knowledge. Yeah, but we think, why can't we make like an independent platform where they have the chance to, to a certain extent, share their knowledge on on the biggest issues that they face in terms of dust explosion. Certainly, and the summary there might be safety is not not a competitive advantage, or shouldn't be seen as a competitive advantage. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, back to explosion prevention in China and understanding the the national standards there. What are some of the the difficulties that we've seen? I know we've over the last, well, actually, even the last twenty four hours. Um, unfortunately, we we've, we've seen some large scale explosions, not necessarily dust, but certainly over the last year and number of years. We've seen some really kind of big ones, both gas, dust, vapor, solids. Um, what are some of the, the struggles that we, we are having there with regards to explosion safety from, from your perspective? I'd say there are two main parts of the standard, as we have in America, as we have in Europe. On the one hand, there's legislation for operators. On the other hand, there's uh, legislation for equipment manufacturers. And I see currently both are lacking to a certain extent. So thinking about the legislation for equipment manufacturers, currently China is uh, developing testing standards for uh, protective equipment. However, testing standards are not out yet, but local manufacturers are busy manufacturing stuff and testing it. But there is no proper testing ground. There is no uh, certified testing facility. There is no standard according to which they're testing. So basically, they're just making a device that they know nothing about, but sell it. This is one very big hazard, I feel, at the moment, because they say, yeah, it looks like the internationally certified one. We run a test on a one cubic meter vessel. We don't know what was the PMAX, what was the KST of the dust. We also don't know really the pirate, but it worked a little bit. And then they're busy selling it. This is a big hazard because it gives... The, the end users, the false feeling of safety. Then on the other hand, with regard to the legislation for the, yeah, for the users, for the operators, the problem is that there are not yet enough or not yet any standards that are really discussing a certain equipment that are compulsory, as said. So it would be great that in future there will be um, standards just such as the VDI, for example, VDI, uh, 2263, then you have 6.1 for dust collectors, 7.1 for spray dryers, 8.1 for elevators, etc. That each specific equipment is discussed and yeah, protection solutions uh, specified. And based on this, a universal safety design in the country can be ensured. However, that there's currently no such standard that can that is really requiring or really explaining how to protect what. And this is really a big difficulty because then sometimes it's up to the philosophy of the inspector. So there I see points of improvement. And I know that the guys uh, in the standard committees in China, in the institutes, in the universities, are working very hard on this, but it takes some time. And just a recommendation from my side, maybe somebody in China is listening. Currently, when they're writing new standards, they tend to mix a little bit knowledge of the NFPA, a little bit knowledge of the VDI and the EN standards, and then add a little bit of their own knowledge to it. I recommend not to reinvent the wheel. I recommend to select one way 
the European or the American way and follow it. Because this is the easiest way and can ensure that the safety standard can be quickly released and implemented. Because how is the safety standard developed? I know, for example, for the EN, it's developed because of thousands of live explosion tests and the data that was received uh, from this for changing anything which was uh, based on this testing data doesn't make sense unless you also run thousands of tests and use that data. So therefore, I believe they should make a selection which way to go. Yeah, I would agree. And we get that internationally. It's hard on the companies as well because they, if they're, if they're located in China and US and Europe, um, they need to, to follow all those independent standards or, or a, a good approach is to come up with a company-specific standard that covers all of those um, and have your own kind of internal documentations. And that was something that actually came up at, at Safety Days, um, Remy Safety Days in, in 2017 when I went there. Some of the companies were talking about their own internal spray drying standards. So that's a, a good approach, but it does make it difficult when all the different countries are using different mashups of the, the standards and approaches. So that's a really good overview of the um, just of the the whole approach for explosion safety standards in in China, understanding where the successes are, understanding where we're headed, um, understanding where some of the difficulties are. I'll just go through a kind of a brief summary. But we we started talking about what the standard frameworks are in China. We talked about GBT one five six zero five that was put in place two thousand eight. We also talked about AQ four two seven three, which is the the dust collector standard that's that's kind of being rolled out now and as as nicholas mentioned these are not mandatory they're not compulsory they're uh they're um they're kind of recommended engineering approaches we also talked about different industries and how there's some difficulties in some of the smaller industries and being able to to afford full on explosion protection we talked about some of the groups that are involved here uh northeastern university um, some of the associations, index, and otherwise that are, are really going above and beyond trying to provide education in the space. Um, we talked about the legislation and equipment manufacturers, so the two kind of components that, that Nicholas sees as, as struggles today, how there's more education needed there. Then we closed up with the, the comments of, as we write these standards out, taking a little bit from NFPA, taking a little bit from Europe, taking a little bit from BDI in Germany, and then throwing in your own kind of spin is, is not a very efficient way because it just ends up with another full set of, of standards that are, are different than the others. So as Nicholas is mentioning, maybe better is to pick one and go with it fully. And, and that way, we're not end up with yet another whole set of, of approaches. Anything else, Nicholas, that you, you really want to make sure we get out into the, the audience today? Yeah, well, let me, let me just add one thing regarding this uh, mixing up of standards. It was. It is still partly included that um, when isolating the inlet duct of a dust collector, you should also apply a vent on the ductwork. The vent is to be the size of the ductwork, the diameter of the ductwork, and back then it should be applied every six meters. So you can imagine if you have an indoor dust collector with a suction line of around about 20 meters or let's say 36 meters, then you would need six flameless venting devices on the ductwork, which makes implementation basically impossible whilst the application of these venting devices on the ductwork, which is probably horizontal, is completely useless. And so this is something that can happen when 
mixing up the standards because I believe applying venting on a ductwork is on the one hand described in certain gas explosion standards and on a very old dust explosion standard of the version of the NFPA. And then the people just read it and said, oh, this we could put in. Maybe it's good. Yeah, but eventually it doesn't help to, to ensure safety. So it is always uh, wise to follow the latest versions or the latest, latest version of one of the big standards. Yeah, that's a really great example. And that might even be a future topic for, for a podcast episode in its own right. Cause it sounds like there's a, a lot there. So with that, I just want to say thank you again for coming on and sharing your experience and your knowledge. I'm sure that the the listeners in China would get a lot from this, but also um, our, our other listeners in North America and Europe and elsewhere, just to get a glimpse of of what the approach is like there and and what it looks like in a kind of a time when things are really growing, where these these engineering guidelines are being put out, where they're we're making attempts to to maybe make them compulsory, and just to understand the the kind of the growing pains in in explosion safety in that area. Um, and hopefully we can, again, learn from those and, and develop global solutions to understanding combustible dust safety. Which would be a great thing. I mean, this is also one of the reasons why the Index Association is uh, operating worldwide to exactly get this kind of feedback, maybe eventually be able to combine this entire feedback to one global solution. But so far, we don't live in a perfect world yet. So we're talking about trade wars, etc. But let's see, maybe... As we said, there's no competition in explosion safety. We can uh, be the front runners in, in this part of the globalization. I agree. And, and thank you again. And I'm really forward to a chance to get you back on the podcast at a, a future time as well. Yeah, I'm always ready. Just let me know. <laughs> any, any time of the day as we've, as we've seen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Nicholas. We'll talk again soon. Very welcome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nicholas. I know we covered a lot of ground and I learned a lot about the the Chinese national standards for combustible dust and how they are currently being used and some of the difficulties that they're they're having today as well. If you have any questions about this podcast episode, you can go to the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 24 and leave them at the, the bottom of the page in the comments section. Um, all the standards, the the groups that we, we referenced, the universities, the associations, we'll try to include links to that in the show notes. And if you want to connect with Nicholas Moore to learn about Rembi China and their work or any of the other, the other groups within Rembi, um, we'll have his email and contact information at the, the bottom of those notes as well. With that, I just want to say thank you as always for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe week ahead. I appreciate the work that you're, you're doing around the world in industries handling combustible dust. <laughs> <laughs>